Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Talk about faith. I actually plan to do a message um, that I entitled Mega Faith Woman. Jesus actually said to one woman, he said in the Greek, he said, Mega is your faith. It was the greatest compliment Jesus gave anybody. But I'm going to hold off until next week. To, to do that, I just didn't get as far as I wanted to last week. So I want to talk to you again, very simply, about the subject of faith. Isaiah nine, 7 and verse 9. If you're not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. If you're not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. See, the Bible says this in Hebrews 11 and 6. It says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. You cannot please God. You cannot connect with God. You cannot receive from God without faith. Now, God just doesn't say you need faith, but he tells us how to get it. So then faith comes by, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what we're going to be doing tonight is you hear faith is going to come. You say, well, I've heard it before, but you need to hear it again and again and again. It says this in first Peter two, two. It says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. How many of you know that when it comes to food, you eat the same thing more than once? In fact, if it's your favorite, you have it as many times as you possibly can. Now, spiritual food is not different. The apostle Peter said, you know, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to stir you up by way of reminder. All right. So I may not say a lot of new things, but the things that I'm going to say are things we need to hear again and again and again. It's in Psalm 138 and verse two. It says, for you've magnified your word above your name. Now, when we talk about believing God, right, because Jesus actually said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Well, how do you have faith in God? One of the key ways to having faith in God is putting faith in his word, that he will do what he said he will do, that God is integrous. In Jeremiah 1 and 12, he says, I watch over my word to perform it. He is watching over his word to perform it. In other words, when you believe it, God is going to see to it that it happens. And again, when we talk about faith in God, we're saying you need to believe that God say, is who he says he is, that he's done what he says he has done, that he will do what he said he will do, all right? And then lastly, and this is really key, you need to realize and know in your heart that God loves you. Jesus actually prayed in John 17, and he prayed and he said, let them know that you love them as much as you have loved me, all right? God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. And that's because God practices what he preaches. And he says to love your neighbor as yourself. All right. So we've been talking about faith. And Jesus in Luke 17 said to his disciples, talking about cursing a tree and it died. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, if you had faith, as a grain of mustard seed, now let me just, just take a little side trip right here. Now, when Jesus is talking about a mustard seed, it, it starts out extremely, extremely small. But yet, when it's planted, it's one of the largest little trees that show up in a garden. All right? So what Jesus is saying is that your faith should not stay the same size. In fact, over in Corinthians, it says that it goes from faith to faith. 
And this is what it means. It means the faith that you start with is not enough to get you all the way through to God's plan and purpose for your life. All right? You see, you get started, you've got a level of faith. Because God has dealt to every man among you the measure of faith. But that's not enough to get you everywhere you need to go. Because you need to go from faith to faith. God has a plan. God has a destiny for you. There's obstacles that are going to come in your way. And your faith needs to grow. Right? You go from faith to faith. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would have said, you would have said to this sycamine tree, if you had faith, what would you have done? Said. You would have said. Now, we're going to be talking again tonight about the importance of what you say. I'm going to make a statement, and I want you to think about this. The devil does not care what you believe as long as you keep your mouth shut. The devil does not care what you believe as long as you keep your mouth shut. 2 Corinthians 4.13, since we have the same, the identical spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. The spirit of faith has two components. There's a believing part and there is a speaking part. And if you just have one part and not the other, it does not work. And the devil does not care what you believe as long as you keep your mouth shut. Now, the Bible says if you faint in the day of adversity, how small is your strength or how small is your faith? Faith is not for Sundays and Wednesdays and funerals and baptismal services. I should say it this way. Faith is not only for. Because faith is for the day that you have trouble. That's when you need faith in God. When trouble shows up, that's when we need faith in God. In Job chapter 22, it says, you will also declare, King James, decree a thing. It will be established for you, so light will shine on your way. And when they cast you down, now, when, when, you, when things go wrong for you, all right, you got fired, got a bad report from the doctor, you're depressed, going to repossess your car. I mean, when things go bad, what do you do? Because the Bible tells us what to do. And it's, what does it say? It says, and you, you you do what? And you say, exaltation will come. Then he, that's God, will save the humble person. And by the way, the humble person is the person who puts their trust and their confidence in God. Romans 8 in verse 31 says this, what shall we then say to these things? You know, when trouble shows up, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to say, right? Romans 10 in verse 8, but what does faith say or the righteousness of faith say? What does it, what? What does it say? It says the word is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Where does it need to be? It needs to be in your mouth and it needs to be in your heart. The spirit of faith has to be two places. It has to be in your 
mouth and in your heart. All right. So again, in Romans 8, what shall we then say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then it begins to talk about all the different problems you can have. And what's the answer? What you say, what you say. It says in Proverbs that you will have joy. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. You have victory by the answer of your mouth. You're going to have peace by the answer of your mouth. When trouble shows up, you need to say. Romans 10 and verse 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. And by the way, what is faith always doing? It's always speaking. It says, don't say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Now, there are things that faith will not say. Now, some of you, you, you've heard me say this before, but my dad was in World War II, landed uh, in Normandy at D-Day. He felt like he should have never came back alive. And he said that time and again. He said, I I should have died in the war. I should have died. I should have died in the war. But I'll never live to be 50. I should have died in the war. I'll never live to be 50. I'll never live to be 50. I should have died in the war. I never lived to be 50. Never lived to be 50. Never lived to be 50. I heard him say it hundreds of times. You say, what happened? He died when he was 49. But the righteousness of faith. What? will not say. What will it not do? It will not disagree with what God says about you. That with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. That he'll forgive all your iniquities and heal all your diseases. So the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does faith say? Because faith is always saying something. It says the word is near you. It's in your mouth. And it's in your heart. Even the word of faith, which we speak. That's why I've told you so many times, there is a miracle in your mouth. There's a miracle in your mouth. And the things that you and I say need to agree with what God has said belongs to us. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Confess with your what? Your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, back to Mark 11 and verse 22. Remember the story. Jesus is staying in Bethany. It's about three miles from Jerusalem. He gets up in the morning. He's on his way into Jerusalem to the Temple Mount where he's going to preach. And on the way, he sees a fig tree. He goes to the tree looking for fruit. There's none on it. And he says to the tree, no one ever eat fruit from you again forever. They go into Jerusalem. Jesus preaches. They go back to Bethany past the tree. Go back to Larry and Mar- Mary, Lazarus, and Martha's house. They get up in the morning. They come back. And this time they notice the tree is withered by the roots. And the disciples say to Jesus, Jesus, look. Now, I think it's really interesting that Jesus cursed the tree and it did not immediately wither away. Now, the roots died, but it didn't show up right away. 
Something happened instantly, right? but it was not instantly seen. So then Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Not in people. How many know people will disappoint you? But God's not going to disappoint you. And it says, have faith in God. And we've been talking about what that really means. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you. Other translations say, truly I say to you. And again, Jesus is speaking. And we know this about Jesus, that Jesus always tells us the truth, right? So when he tells us in the beginning, because literally, that word verily or truly, this is what he's saying. He's saying before he tells them anything, I'm going to tell you the truth. And when Jesus tells you, I'm going to tell you the truth before he tells you the truth, this is what it means. It means I'm going to tell you the truth, but you will not believe it. You will not believe it. Somebody said, why do you teach that so often? Because you won't believe it. Because you don't believe Jesus said it and you're going to read it and you are not going to believe it. He's saying, he says, I'm telling you, this is the truth. And I'm telling you this because I know you're not going to believe me when I tell you that this is the truth. Verily, I say to you that whosoever, who does this work for? This works for anybody, rich, poor, man, woman, young, old, live in a mansion, live under a bridge on the freeway, it does not matter. This will work for you. This will work for whosoever will. What's the first thing Jesus says about faith? It works for whosoever will what? Say. I'm going to say it again. The devil doesn't care what you believe. As long as you keep your mouth shut. Because faith does not work if you just believe. Two components to the spirit of faith, what you say and what you believe. I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. Jesus says that faith works for whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. Notice Jesus did not say, don't try, don't look, look, I do this. I am Jesus. I am God come down from heaven into flesh. I do this because I'm God. I learned to do this in heaven. God, the father does this. I do this. If you try this, you will blow the lips off your face. (laughs) What did Jesus do? He said, no, this will work for who? He says, jump in. This is how faith works. This is how faith in God works. Now, here's what Jesus isn't saying. He isn't saying you can just say anything. I'm going to have 10,000 oil wells. I'm going to have 10,000 oil wells. Well, I kind of doubt it. Because how many of you know there's no promise in the Bible that God's going to give you 10,000 oil wells? But there is a promise that he will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Right? So when, when Jesus is talking about having faith in God, he's saying, have faith in what God has told you he has done for you or will do for you. All right? But he's saying this works for whosoever 
will say to this mountain. Now, if it was God's will for the mountain to be in your life, Jesus would not tell you how to get rid of it. And there's a lot of us that just think, well, God gave me this. This is my lot in life. This is my way my family is. This is the way that my culture is. We are just like this. We've got this problem. But Jesus is telling us God did not put that there. In fact, Jesus is telling us you can get rid of it. Right? Now, Jesus said he will have, he ends this verse, he will have whatsoever he saith. He will have whatsoever he saith. Now, the Greek word saith is the word lego. How many of you have seen grandkids, kids playing with Legos? Right. Spelt the same and the same concept. All right. Now, what Legos are, they're little, they're little toys. Like you go to Toys R Us and there's this aisle, there's a spot in the aisle and they've got Legos. And you can get a truck, you can get a fire truck, you can get a spaceship, you can get whatever you want to get, all right? And there's a picture on the cover of the box or a cylinder, the picture of what's inside. But when you buy it and you take it home, you know what? You open it and it's not there. But everything you need to make it is there, right? And what you have to do is you have to systematically take these little blocks and put them together and you can make what's ever on the cover. All right? And that is exactly what that word means. It, literally, the word Lego means your set systematic discourse. What you say, what you tell, what you discuss, what you speak. Your set systematic discourse. So Jesus said, when it's all said and done, when you believe in your heart and you speak it with your mouth and you do not doubt in your heart that you'll have whatsoever you lay go. So here's what Jesus just said. He said, this isn't going to work when you do this one time. It's your set systematic discourse. It's what you say. It's what you tell. It's what you speak. It's what you discuss. So here's what Jesus is saying. He is saying that if... if If we could just add two words to this verse, every Christian would have total victory. If we could just say, he will have whatsoever he says in church. Because in church, everybody says the right thing, don't we? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for peace. Thank you, Lord, for working. Thank you for joy. I mean, in church, people say the right thing. But then they get in the car. And they're on their way home. They haven't made it down the hill to Bigby yet. Oh, that's this terrible headache. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, Bob, 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 Bob across the street, he, two months ago, he's mowing his lawn, had a headache, and he dropped over dead. He had an aneurysm. I think I've got one. <laughs> you know, the economy's bad. I'm going to lose my job. You know, but you don't get what you say in church. You get what you say in a car. You get your set systematic discourse. 
what you say, what you tell, what you speak, what you discuss. That's what you end up with. So here's the deal. You've got to have the right stuff on the inside because out of the abundance of your heart, Jesus said, your mouth will speak. So it's good to put a watch over your mouth. But you know what? If you've got to watch over your mouth, but you don't have the right stuff in your heart, it's not going to matter. Right? Because out of the abundance of your heart, which you have put inside your heart in abundance, that is what you're going to speak. Now, I just got a story that I want to hear again myself because I haven't told it in a while. All right? So I'm just going to tell it. All right? A while, well, this is several years ago. I think, Samuel, how old are you? You're 34. I think you were like 12 or 13. All right? We went fishing up in Ludington. All right? And uh, out salmon fishing in Lake Michigan. And uh, the captain took us up north and we went out by the point up north. And we've been fishing for several hours and time to come back. And we're, we're, we're coming back and we're going across the water about 30 miles an hour. And the motor starts to sputter. And so the captain, he stops the boat, turns the ignition off, lifts up the motor cover. And when he did, there was water. I mean, it just started coming in. And suddenly we're standing in water. And we didn't know at the time, but when we were going across that, that Lake Michigan there, we had hit a log or something. And there's a hole in the bottom of the boat this big. So he tries to start that motor, and that motor will not start. And so he grabs that radio, and he calls the Coast Guard, and he is yelling into the, into the mic, Mayday, Mayday, Coast Guard, Mayday, Mayday. He's screaming, and Coast Guard comes on. and said, what's happening? Something like that. And he says, we're sinking, we're sinking. And they said, where are you? And he looks up, and he gives them the Lawrence numbers. And they said, we'll be there in 15 minutes. And now we're standing in water about up to our knees. And he turned to me with, with just this look of absolute terror. And he said to me, I don't know how to swim. I said to him, do we have any life jackets? And (laughs) he said yeah I put one on Samuel one on Daniel I threw both of them in the water and pointed towards shore and I said swim that way and you said why did you do that because I watch television and when boats sink there's this big old vortex thing you know and takes everybody I wouldn't let my boys go down you know but I had never seen so much panic let me just tell you something you know uh, this morning, I, I, I swam two miles this morning. I, I was a triathlete for years and years. I'm a good swimmer, really good. And, and I'm a pretty good teacher, all right? But there was no time for lessons. We were going down in 90 seconds, right? Now, here's what most Christians do. Most Christians wait until their life has got a hole about this big, the water's up to their waist, right? And they're going down. And then they're like, doesn't the Bible say something about that? <laughs> the Bible, the Bible. See, but, but that's the wrong way. 
You need to put the Bible in your heart a long time before. Because when the incident happens, when the day of adversity comes, you're going to speak out of the abundance of your heart. What have you put in your heart today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day? That's what's going to come out in the day of adversity. Now, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, it is literally our weapon as we stand against the enemy, all right? And, and, and I've heard people say that. This is my sword. I got my sword right here, Pastor. I got my sword, all right? I don't want to disappoint you, but this is not your sword, all right? Now, in the Bible, this is called the Logos, right? It's the entire word of God, right? And literally, the Greek word is the Logos of God. This is the Logos, okay? This is not the sword of the Spirit. In, in, the, in the Bible where it says take the sword of the Spirit, it actually says in the Greek, it says take the rhema of God, right? Now, the rhema is not the whole book. And now, I've, I've known people, you know, they, somebody has problems, and they lay their Bible on them. Put that Bible on them, all right? It's going to help them, all right? I've had people come and say, pray for my Bible. I'm like, why? <laughs> Your Bible does not need prayer, all right? <laughs> like, you know, they, they, they resist the devil and they go, all right? But this is not what you use against the enemy. That's the logos. You use the rhema. Now, the rhema is the word that you have in your heart and you speak with your mouth. Got that? It's the word that you have in your heart that you speak with your mouth. That's why the Bible says in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Now, what meditation does is it takes the logos right here and it gets it down inside here. And once it's off the pages and in your heart, it's not the logos anymore. Then it's the rhema, right? And the rhema is what you have in your heart and you speak with your mouth. Literally, when it says to take the sword of the spirit, every one of us have the same logo. Everybody's had the same Bible, Right? But everybody doesn't have the same sort of the spirit. Right? Some people, their sort of the spirit looks like this. And they're going, devil, leave me alone. All right? Just leave me alone, devil. Yeah, yeah. All right? Other people, I had to put this back here a little ways. All right? Their sort of the spirit looks more like this. All right? Come on. That's what you need your sword to look like. That's the rhema of God. Now, again, it's the rhema when you put it in your heart and you speak it with your mouth. Right? And again, everybody's rhema is different. Yours can be this big or it can be this big. Right? It depends on what you put in your heart. And remember, in the day of adversity, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. It's what you put in today that will come out in the day of adversity. For more information about Res Life, 
please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about ResLife or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.